Hi everyone, this is Simon Snowder. Welcome to my podcast series. I am going to invite thought leaders where we can all benefit from their knowledge. This is in addition of the masterclass series and the content that I share on my website and social media channels. Powered by Radical Thinking. Welcome everyone, welcome to the 15th podcast. I'm very excited because today I have with me Kelly Montoya. She is the medical and general insurance director at Seven Insurance Brokers. Kelly, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I am going to ask you a lot of questions, but uh, first of all, um, who is Kelly? Where are you from? Uh, where did you grow up? How did you end up in Dubai? I want to know it all. All right. So I was born to Colombian parents in the U.S. Uh, however, once they started a family, they thought it would be best to be close to their loved ones. So we moved back to Colombia, um, where I grew up until I was 15. So I am a Colombian child. Then I moved to the U.S., uh, to Florida, and that's where I grew up. Um, went to school, and that's where I moved to Dubai from. So I am an American teenager. Um, and then I've been in Dubai for 12 years. Initially, um, I was into wellness, corporate wellness. Um, my whole intention was, how can I help? And I got here with all my energy and passion to help people. And after a little while, this topic of wellness was not you know, catching up. So at one point, uh, insurance you know, fell on my lap, and here I am 10 years later. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. And um, you have lived in uh, multiple countries. Uh, how is it uh, like to, to what, what are the differences? Uh, what are similarities? What do you, um, how have you experienced that? Well, um, I think Dubai is such a unique place. It's hard to find lots of similarities. Uh, to be honest, a lot of my friends, when they come and visit, they say, oh, it reminds me of the Miami skyline. And <laughs> yes, there is uh, bits of that glam that Miami has. That's where I used to live uh, before I moved here. Um, so I, I can, you know, the fine dining, all of the glitz and glams. Uh, of course, I see similarities. But um, I feel like Dubai is such a unique place um, that it's hard to compare to anything else. You know? Yeah. And how was it to, to grow up in the States? Uh, is it, uh, yeah, did you, did you like it or did you, do you miss it? Well, or? I moved there when I was 15, first of all, and yeah. um, I did not know English. So when I first got there, I called my grandma and I'm like, take me. I want to go back. I don't want to live with my parents. I want to live with you back home where I'm comfortable with. Um, I don't have any friends here. I cannot make friends. I cannot even speak the language. So it was definitely a little bit of a culture shock. Um, and slowly but surely, I picked up the language and things became that much easier. Obviously, Florida has a huge um, influence of Latin American you know, countries. So I found my way. It was yeah. not too bad. It ended up being okay. Uh, I actually enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and Florida is fun. Florida is like holiday all year round, right? So it was really nice. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And my family's there, so then no complaints. Yeah. Okay. And and how old were you when you left uh, Florida to come to Dubai? Uh, people ask me that all the time. What brought you here? Yeah. And to be honest, nothing brought me here. Uh, my best friend was over Thanksgiving dinner. They were telling me that uh, they were setting up a branch of their company 
in Dubai. And it was the first time that anyone in my circle talked about Dubai. So I was super intrigued. Tell me more. Uh, what do you mean you're going to Dubai? Um, and through their story, I said, can you take me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and literally asked that. Yeah, what is and, Dubai? Yeah. <laughs> Right, I want to be there. And a couple months later, they called me and they said, yeah, you know what? We do need um, an assistant. And yeah. if you are down, let's do this. And I packed everything and came to Dubai with two suitcases. <laughs> and then, yeah, you, you came here. Of course, I, I hear this a lot that people were like, okay, you know, a couple of years, I would try it out. And before you know. Here I am, 12 that, years later. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, and how did you end up in the insurance industry? Because you, you said earlier you were in the wellness industry and now, you, and then you made a switch to the insurance industry, but, uh, you know, what, what enabled it or who, or how did you get a chance or what caught your interest? I can definitely tell you the story. So when, um, I moved here, the intention was to stay here for a couple of years, like everyone else did. Yeah. I met my other half and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll stay a little bit longer. Um, and through the process, um, he decided to start a company. Mm -hmm. He needed a salesperson and he thought he had a good salesperson right in front of him. And he said, I need you to sell insurance. I need you to get into this business with me. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think insurance is for me. Um, I had all of this uh, fun kind of, um, work. I was doing a lot of fitness, lifestyle coaching, all these cool things. And then when I thought about insurance, I thought about this like really uptight industry with zero creativity. Uh, and I was like, I don't think this is for me. Um, but I guess he knew me best. And he gave me all the reasons, all the good reasons why this could really work for us together. Um, and I said, you know what, this, this could be something, let's give it a shot. And, um, Let's give the entrepreneurial um, road uh, a go and see where it takes us and let's try it. So yeah, 10 years later, I'm still doing insurance and I actually love it. So I think he does know me best. <laughs> <laughs> he was ahead of his curve. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, okay. So you started and of course, uh, with everything in the beginning, it's, it's not easy to get into it. Um, how did you find it to um, convince people uh, in the beginning, was it was it easy for you, or was it was it a struggle? Well, um, the initial intention was, uh, Kelly, you will be helping people. Mm -hmm. It's just through another angle. You are helping people become healthy in this way and being proactive. And here, uh, it's just a different tool. And through insurance, you can really protect people. And I also started connecting all the dots. I mean, the reason why we left Colombia was the uncertainty, you know, Pablo Escobar topic. You know, I yeah. lived through all of that. And when you realize that there are certain things that are so important for your livelihood and for your just peace of mind uh, that sometimes either you don't have control over um, or uh, you just don't know how to go about it. I said, OK, I think I can do something here and I can do it from a meaningful place, not because uh, let me just do it because I have to. So then I started understanding that there was uh, many different ways of doing insurance and I could do it my way and really have an impact. Um, and that's how I started loving it. And uh, it's been it's been really fulfilling. So I really like it. And yeah, it's it's been really good. That's good. That's excellent. And um, and how do you how do you see the the Spanish community in, in Dubai, because I, I think there there is quite quite some, right? 
Now, yes. So it has grown significantly, and believe it or not, although Spanish is my mother tongue, yeah. uh, when it comes to co expressing complex thoughts in Spanish, I get a little bit intimidated because, like I said, I am a American teenager and a, a UAE professional, let's say. And when I moved here, I was fairly young, I guess, <laughs> and um, I never really had to conduct business in Spanish fully. Um, but now uh, it's really cool to see that this huge influx of uh, Latin American professionals are coming or Spanish or whatever is the community is growing. So we have that connection right away. And yes, we have actually a lot of people on our team that speak Spanish just because of that. It has grown so much and um, it's it's been a definitely plus. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. And I think... Um, you know, for, for, for a lot of people, uh, maybe they don't know, but uh, there, there are also other um, Spanish like places outside of South America yeah. and Spain. Yeah. Um, so if you add that all up together, right, it, it's like the second largest, largest language in the world. It is. Um, and it's just people that are intrigued by the language and they speak it. So once again, it's this common uh, touch point where you can yeah. really connect with other people with a huge amount of people. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And, and what are the differences that you see um, in the insurance industry now that you have worked in it for, for a while? Like you have medical insurance, you have um, general insurance. Now general insurance has like different type of insurances in it. So yeah, wh where do you see similarities? Where do you see differences um, for the people out there that are not in the industry? Well, uh, the first thing is the most obvious is, well, in my country, insurance was this way. Yeah. Uh, and in Dubai is X, Y, Z, right? So that's the biggest, how it's done outside of the UAE and how it needs to be done in here. Um, and that's where everything starts. Um, I think depending on where you're from, depending on the country that perhaps offers you, like an NHS that you have, uh, government assistance, or if you have um, uh, regulated products that need to be sold in your country, or whatever it is, or no regulations at all. And that determines what kind of products are available, and therefore, how do you experience insurance? So it's very flexible across the globe. It's very different from country to country. And then when people come here, and because we have people from everywhere, then um, it's that comparison right off the bat. Yeah. And then here, uh, well, we have the government that has all the right intentions in mind to say, hey, this is what our residents should have and experience in terms of insurance, plus all the players, international players that are offering these products and us as the consumers with all these different requests. So it's there's a lot of a lot of little bits to navigate. Let's call it that way. So there's a lot of education in order for people to understand and say, oh, OK. I get, I understand why. Oh, this makes sense now. Because when you compare, there's really not that much comparison to be made because um, it's so different. It's very different. Yeah. I hear that a lot as well, that people say, yeah, but in my country we do it like this and, mm -hmm. like, and, and this is like that. And yeah, but this is how it is here. Correct. Right? And um, for the good or for the better, um, that's the way it is. And and what do you see in this in this industry, um, where you where you see that I, you see a lot of people now moving? I think more towards the internet, more 
trying to find insurance online or through apps even. Um, while the traditional way was, uh, you know, you, you just call somebody or... You have an advisor. Yeah. So right. So that's the million-dollar question in the industry. What's going to happen with all this technology? I All this... Uh, sorry. Uh, um, and the thing is that when it comes to insurance, we do have platforms that may facilitate um, the access to information. But if you think about it, um, would you spend a large sum of money on a topic that you probably don't know very well in many details, right? Mm -hmm. um, that you may have all these question marks. Would you safely click and say, yeah, take my money, right? Yeah, this, this quick screenshot that I could get here on my computer is, is good enough. There's all of these questions that are still, you know, in everyone's head. So what happens is that um, gathering information is important, but I feel like advising is still very necessary. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that advising needs to evolve, and I hoping I'm hoping that I'm part of that evolution of advice um, where we can really speak the client's language. We don't need to make it this complex, really daunting kind of topic and that you're able to really give bite-sized pieces where it makes sense and where it's relatable to the actual person that's gonna make that decision. Because otherwise, you have all this information that is not easy to understand, it's accessible with aggregators where you just click and you have all these quotes in front of you, but which one do you pick and why? Yeah. Which one is better for you? Um, and then you have all of these questions, right? But then you have uh, advisors that maybe a little bit old school, sometimes, uh, that can be overcomplicated and um, overwhelming in some ways as well. So how do we meet in the middle? How do we use technology for advisors to be able to kind of get the best of both worlds and really make the experience more 2022 kind of thing? Yeah, that's that's definitely a good one because at the end of the day, the you know, the people also want to, they, they want to know like, okay, so which one is then the best for me out of all these options? And why should also be explained. Um, so do you think technology can do all of that? That they can replace advices as well? Hard to tell, no? <laughs> Where are we going with all this technology? Yeah. Um, I was at an event yesterday and someone said that um, the intention for all of this artificial intelligence is simply to augment a humankind, you know, humanity, us. Um, so I, I believe that resonated. I'm like, I believe in that. I believe that the combination of both is the most powerful way of going about it. Um, one without the other, we're still missing subtleties um, that, especially in this industry, um, we should not be missing. It's all the little details because we're talking about someone's health, well-being. What happens if you're in a car accident um, to and from work? Is this consider a work-related accident? Um, is the car accident uh, a health condition that is going to be covered? Um, is there a benefit towards that? All of these question marks that, yes, beyond going to the doctor for consultations and medicine, which is very black and white, what about all these unknowns? What about if you're out of the country? You know, all of these little bits that come into this decision-making. So I think the combination of both for sure is the future. Um, I mean, hey, it's, it's what I do, so I hope that I won't get re replaced anytime soon. Um, but for sure, um, that's, that's what I believe. Okay. And, and let's talk a little bit more about, like, 
medical insurance and the need for it because it, it is mandatory in the UAE. Um, that is that is done uh, some some years back. But why do people need medical insurance? And, and what is the danger that people have if they, for example, buy um, a cheap policy? Once again, all of this... Uh small print that we don't realize. And ultimately, there is two schools of thought, I would say, in terms of consumers. You have the people that understand that this is in the case of, and I hope I don't use it. It just gives me peace of mind, and I can sleep at night knowing that if that emergency comes, I don't have to worry financially. I don't have to worry about how do I get back to my home country and all of that. Uh, and then there are the ones that say, you know what, why should I invest all of this upfront? I'm healthy right now, I'll go with the cheapest, and if something happens, I'll just cross my fingers. And just, I'll figure it out from there. I'll cross that bridge once I get there. Um, I'll figure out, I don't know, personal loan if I have to. Um, and it's just, there is no right or wrong. I think it depends on what brings you peace, right? What makes you sleep at night? And uh, we always use this analogy, uh, car cars are such a good example for understanding insurance. You know, All insurance will take you from A to B, all of them. It'll take you from A to B. All cars will do that. Now, would you have automatic windows, a sunroof, all of these uh, bells and whistles on your uh, car, or do you have to you know, manually roll down your window, right? And this is the experience that you will be getting with a cheap product, with an inexpensive, we'll just call it that way, because there has got to be reductions every way possible for us to arrive to that premium for that final price. Um, does that give you a peace of mind? Will you be comfortable with that? Um, and... Most people say, we wear seatbelts, right? Just because we may get into a car accident. But just because you have not been into a car accident, that doesn't mean that you should not wear your seatbelt. It's the same thing with insurance, right? You should wear it. You should have it in the case of. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, um, it's a cultural thing. It's where you come from. If you have protection and uh, insurance through you know, the government or something like this, then it's not in your forefront. It doesn't become a priority. Uh, but for example, I'm American and um, we don't have any of that. So it's something that is always in the forefront for all of us. What are we gonna do now and when we get older? Um, so then we place different values on these. Yeah, I actually know uh, a person here that somehow he got missed. Yeah, it was his own company and somehow he didn't check and he didn't have a medical insurance and he got a stroke and he got hospitalized for eight months and he was partially paralyzed for his life on his face and he lost everything, his wife, his, you know, his, his money, his savings and debt. And I saw him afterwards and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I warned him many times that he was at risk. I actually told him to take a life insurance and critical illness protection many times. He ignored that, but at least a medical insurance should have been in place to pay the, the bills for, for the hospital up to a certain limit. So, so can we talk a little bit about that? Like if, if something major happens, like what can a medical insurance do for you and, and what are the limits in place that uh, the policies have for, uh, for, for the billing and, and what kind of network and stuff like this uh, exist? Well, it really depends on you. There's a million and one options under the sun, uh, combinations yeah. of what can we put together in order for you to say, this is what I need. Um, 
once again, this is what's going to give me peace of mind uh, because there is a lot of variables, right? So <coughs> when it comes to um, the more comprehensive policies, uh, they have so many benefits. For example, if and this is the not so great part of my job where we actually get to see how fragile life is and how someone needs a life-threatening kind of surgery. It's now or, ne or it's now or now kind of situation. What do we do? How do we act on this? Or you know, people that pass away, and then what do we do with that? What's going to happen to their family? And for example, you have if if uh, let's say um, repatriation if you're outside of the country and then you need to be brought back uh, for medical needs. Um, mortal remains if something was to happen to you here but then you want to be sent back to your um, home country to your family's you know final resting place all of these like very um all these benefits that we don't want to think about but they're there and that really impact your family and whoever's left behind um or in general in terms of benefits is something that needs to be evaluated from the beginning this is what you would get in the case of and it's actually your choice. You do have an option of picking and choosing. How much do I want towards my hospitalization expenses? Do I want one million? Do I want seven million? Do I want fourteen million? Um, do uh, what about my consultations? What is it? Do I have coinsurances? Do I want to pay, pay a little bit out of pocket and impact my premium, uh, reduce it, or do I want to just pay one lump sum and say, you know what? Now on, all my medical needs are covered. So there is all these variables and things that can really impact uh, the type of cover that you have. And it really, hence uh, having an advisor that can really walk you through all these details is, I believe is super important because then you can understand, oh, okay, unfortunately I'm in this situation, but now I know I was educated. I know that I have this and that plus this and that. Um, and once again, there is so many different variables when it comes to medical insurance. Yeah, and how, how can education be improved in this field? Um, first of all, um, just, I think, digesting the information and making it uh, just plain and simple for, for the general public. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Yes, we use uh, very technical jargon in the, in the industry, but it doesn't have to be that way. Ultimately, we're, we try to mean something that is uh, very uh, reasonable to understand, right? Um, inpatient, outpatient, what does this mean? Consultation and hospitalization. Simple, straightforward, right? All these diagnostics and things, coinsurances, copayments. Mm -hmm. How do we make this easy to understand? And then once you see a document, once you're educated, you're like, ah, okay, I get it. Yes, I understand what I'm reading. Um, so once again, this this comes from an advisor that is able to digest these and really explain them and put them into con <clears throat> context. Um, so that and just actually having a good advisor, someone that you can pick up the phone and say, what do I do? What is this? What does this mean? Uh, what is going to happen with one or two or three? Yeah. Um, so that's how that's how we're going to educate the public. I mean, at a bigger <laughs> scale, we can talk about that. But you know, if we're talking about one to one, you know, as an individual trying to think, what is the best insurance for my family? I would say going to an advisor. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lady I spoke with who who was diagnosed with cancer. She came from Oman. She was she was traveling to uh, to Dubai to see a friend. And she had a <coughs> travel insurance, and she thought that that would cover um, medical uh, emergencies. And it was from uh, a big name. I will not say the name um, because of the the following follow up of the story is that uh, they did not pay her. And then I asked, "Can I see the policy?" And 
consultant's own one policy that she took from there. Um, and there was just literally like the description of what was covered was extremely vague, just like a couple of lines. And they, they just said, no, it's, it's you know, it's um, pre-existing. Right. Um, because that's what <coughs> medical insurance is for. Travel insurance is just in the case of emergencies. And just yeah. to let you know, in insurance terms, um, emergencies um, equal life-threatening situations. Mm. So if you break your arm, technically is an emergency for you and I. Certainly it would be for me. Like, oh my God, what do I yeah. do? Right? But will you die if you don't see a doctor right now? I mean, in some cases, yes. It, but With if cancer, it's, I, I would assume yes. Right. But now that is a completely different topic because now this is um, a pre-existing, which is an, an exclusion something that we all need to be very aware of what is included and what's excluded. Yeah. And, uh, and then once I get into that topic with my client and why, why is this an exclusion? And then you understand the full picture. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. It's unfortunate is the way it is, uh, but I get it. And yes, with these major conditions, um, traveling with these, uh, whether it's from policy to policy, country to country or whatever it is, it's a difficult thing to do because of all the risk that is involved in uh, managing and covering those conditions. Yeah. So yeah, travel insurance are best for your luggage and that kind of stuff, but not necessarily for health. Yeah, exactly. But that was she. She really thought she was covered for that, and so it was very sad to explain to her that um, that that was not the understanding from the insurer that that she will have that idea. Yeah. Um, at least uh, that's in that case, and there was also I had some years back uh, a client who, who kept telling me that she wanted to um, bring her mother over for like six six months or longer and she told me should I like buy medical insurance or not for her and I said like look, just look into it uh, it's up to you to decide um, she said, well, I think travel insurance will cover anyway the medical expenses. I just said, like, make sure you read, you know, mm. the, the term and conditions, whatever you, you take. Because I, I knew about this other mm -hmm. person, and I also shared this story with her. And then um, uh, a, while, a while back, I, I got back in touch with, with, this, with this client who moved on. And she said that uh, her mother actually got... Uh, got cancer as well. Um, same uh, same story, flew here, was diagnosed, and she ended up paying like hundreds of thousands of dirhams out of her own pocket to save her mom because everybody would save their yeah, mom. Of course. And it was not Any covered loved one. at all yeah. by, by the travel that's a really insurance. sensitive topic, uh, you know, in just going beyond <coughs> the travel insurance because that's just lack of information, right? Yeah, um, but she wanted to save money. She said that very specifically. Um, I don't think it's worth it for me to spend on medical insurance uh, to cover my mom because I don't think she will need it. Now, that can, will come back to bite her for the rest of her life. Yeah. yeah, it is unfortunate, and we do have to write a lot of these things down because people tend to forget uh, how how they felt at that point and then when we have an emergency and uh, a pressing matter an important thing when it comes to health you realize that truly health is your only wealth uh, and that's when you realize <coughs> i would do anything 
to get back to being healthy? What yeah. does it take, right? And yeah. I'll pay anything. Exactly. Um, so the feelings that you have at that point are so different. And it's not a place for us to say we told you so <laughs> because they already know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just not knowing. And like I said, it's a cultural thing. There's so many different uh, factors that contribute to making that decision. And most people believe that. Hey, and I think part of it is lack of understanding and knowledge as a whole. Uh, but the other one is just that, nah, it's okay. The chances are, therefore, I'd rather save the money. Uh, but when it does happen, I guarantee you, everyone goes to through all the lengths possible to save someone's life. Yeah. Um, and we see it all the time. Um, for example, with pregnancies, we had a client that uh, gave gave birth to premature twins and they had over a 700,000 dirham, you know, bill Yeah, because they didn't have insurance in place. We were trying to help them every way possible, but the the insurance didn't cover maternity. That's not something that they were planning. And there you go. Uh, How, how, how does that change someone's life? Um, I think uh, education for sure is key and also um, kind of putting into context in some way or another, um, the reason why we have this, which is not very present. And I think you, you learn with time and age um, what to put more value towards. Um, so educate, decisions become a little bit more educated, um, especially when we get older and we're talking about parents, uh, especially here in the UAE. It's yeah. a difficult topic to, to, to cover um, older population. Um, generally speaking, there's pre-existing conditions. Therefore, um, the price points are really high and there is really not much you can do. And at this point, you say, do I just uplift my life completely and take it back to another country simply because we cannot afford medical care here? Um, so, yeah, it becomes really complicated in some in some cases. Yeah, but, but I also see a mindset change happening. Like w- when I speak with my clients that are 60 plus, they are, like, their first priority is their health. Yes. And then. Yeah, and they are, they are spending significant Correct. amount on their medical insurance. They're like, I need to put aside, like, this amount. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money. They're like, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I you know, I cannot risk, you know. I, I feel that I'm more vulnerable now. Correct. Uh, and I want if something happens to me, and I actually had a client who was always well well covered and he was diagnosed with uh, a serious illness and he said I was diagnosed on Monday and by Thursday I was in Cleveland clinic in Abu Dhabi and I had surgery within three days I was I, I said which which country would I have this because we were also talking about how long it takes in some countries to be treated that's not a coin absolutely uh, um, and he always paid um, a premium of like 70 to 80 thousand dirham per year and it was absolutely worth it for him because 100%. he got quickly treated the treatment was 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 you know got back all his money that he paid yeah. and they did not increase his premium as well yeah um and i think that's the good thing about uh the region that you do have excellent care yeah. so at all price points, you could definitely have the peace of mind that you're going to be well taken care of. Uh, all facilities are super well equipped. 
Um, we have such a surplus of facilities. You know, there is a clinic in every corner. Um, yeah. So you can definitely be um, in best hands in no time. So that it's definitely a plus for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> I have of, other opinions about that too, but we'll just leave it at that for now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's some, um, like, uh, just, just to give you other examples, like, um, in some in some countries, you need to really wait long to get a specialist, and here you can go straight away to a specialist. In most cases, if you have like a, a certain certain type of uh, medical insurance, um, and that that's good, but that can also increase the premium because then two people go too fast to specialist. Um, Education, this is yeah. the part, you know, and and that <laughs> that puts the the user in the driver's seat when they mm -hmm. can make these decisions because um, first you're thinking why are they charging me this much? What have yeah. I done? I don't know. Why are they charging me so much? I'm in the you know receiving end of this really large sum, uh, but then once you realize that you do have uh, a saying and how this it's determined, right? How much did you use your insurance and why? Did you use it because, oh, I have like a credit card now, like let's go check this and that, and can we check this and that and this and this and then some? How does that impact um, your insurance in the future? Or did you use it responsibly? Or were you conscious that if you um, say yes to absolutely all the medicines and then some um, for no reason, that is also gonna impact your insurance? Um, we've had a, a client that was really upset because she had a prescription with over 16 tests. It was something very, out of like a red flag. Like, why do you have all these tests prescribed? It doesn't really match your diagnosis. Um, but she firmly believed that this is what she needed. She didn't question that perhaps the doctor was overprescribing, that it was not necessary. And the insurance, on the contrary, was actually protecting her and say, hey, how about we go and face this? We'll approve these first, and then we go from there. And then once you have that insight and say, all right, I can see how this actually, if they go and say yes to everything, I'm actually gonna end up paying out of pocket for all of this at my renewal. Let's just kind of go one step at a time and be conscious about the partnership here, right? Yeah. Um, and it makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wanna talk about uh, like second guessing your own doctor. Um, because I, I never had to do that um, until I came to Dubai, and I had some experiences where I was like, really? Do I really need a surgery for this injury? Or, or do I need, really need, like, you know, yeah. an x-ray or this and that? So I've learned to second-guess my doctor, which is really strange, because right. I, I don't have that, you know, knowledge to second-guess. But just by second guessing, I already... Just gut yeah. feeling, yeah, right? Yeah, You're yeah. like, this doesn't seem... It doesn't add up. Yeah. Does this really need this, you know, course of action? Hmm. Um, and it's really... It's a tough one, right? Yeah. Because we were raised or we grew up thinking that whatever the doctor said, they're the authority. And of exactly. course they are in comparison to our knowledge and all of that. Why should we question them? However, when we zoom out and look at it from a different perspective, and I'm just saying this through my lens right now mm -hmm. as an insurance advisor that gets a lot of um, insight to how the industry works and all the players, all the pe moving pieces in the whole thing. Um, 
when you zoom out and when you realize that why are they prescribing all this? Is it because it's the best for me or is it the best for them? And that question really goes a long way, right? Uh, do I really need it because it's my absolute need, yeah, uh, medical need, or is it just why not? The insurance pays for it. Why not? Just go for it. Yeah, have more tests, and let me prescribe this and this and this and then plus this, right? Um, and also, what's the impact on that, on our health? And um, we don't have a family practitioner that knows your family history and that knows you since you were a kid. And no, we just met this doctor right here. We don't have all these long-term relationships with our family providers that you trust and they know. And it's just a different relationship that you may have in different countries. Um, so here, yes, it's um, there is this other side to the whole uh, equation, I would yeah. say. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also... I think diagnosing properly, like I've been walking around for many years, going to GPs and other um, specialists uh, because I, I had asthma problem. I could not breathe properly at certain times. And, and you know, I get, a, I get like a puff, um, a standard puff, or they give me like some special inhaler and then it fixes it for some months. And then I get breathing problems again. I go back and I have the cycle of keep coming back all the time. Uh, until I went to um, one specialist, um, and she uh, she was very nice because I came in and I was like, I need this, 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 and this because you know I've been doing that for years. And she said, Let's take one step back. You know, she said, Let me see. Can I? She asked me, Can I try to see what is going on? And you know, and then and you talk with her, and then she she did some tests, and she found out that. I had acute asthma, so that's why the original asthma puffs were not working. She said, you need a special inhaler, and you need to do some other things. And it was at the point that I could not support properly anymore. And now after I followed her treatment, my, my, my uh, inhaler worked properly. I could breathe, like, significantly wow. better. And the guys at squash were like, damn, you know, before we could beat you. And now you're like running around. <laughs> yeah, and I was so happy. I'm like, wow, you know, how come I was walking around so long with something that was so damaging? So it is also about finding the quality um, that, that takes the time to diagnose you properly. She was very kind and, you know, in taking Amazing. her time as well. So, so yeah, I think there's also. I mean, we can't yeah. generalize. We yeah. can't put them all in one, yeah. in in one category because there's a little bit of everything. Uh, but it's just easy to see how, especially because there is not a lot of regulations in yeah. that area. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have to say it right. Yeah. They're able to write their own paychecks. Yeah. It's just as they wish. You know, where do I want to live and what do I want to drive next year <laughs> and then how do I get there? You know, and. And this is something that it needs to be said. Uh, yeah. And once you start understanding that, that you question it. Um, I have a two-year-old. I have a little one. And uh, why is maternity so expensive, right? And I never understood that until I went through it. And then being a first-time mom, I said yes to the doctor because, hey, this is maternity and whatever the doctor says, yes. Um, and then after a little while, I was like, okay. I'm getting more comfortable with this whole maternity thing. I'm getting yeah. a hang of it. Um, 
why am I doing all these scans? There's yeah. really n- no new info. This little baby's growing at a normal rate. Yeah. And there's really nothing else that I am getting out of all of these scans. And they're so expensive. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay. Now, actually, I'm going to push my next scan. Oh, okay. And there was no consequence to that at all. Yeah. It was just, okay, no problem. We'll see you. When do you want to come? In a month? In a month and a half? You know, four weeks, six weeks? Okay, we'll see you then. But if it was up to them, it was every two weeks. Uh, what was the reason? There is no reason. That's Simply not... Simply because... Yeah. ching Yeah, yeah. Kind of can, thing. Yeah, exactly. And this is where... I think you need that, that that combination of the the customer is the driver, and then the and then you have a standard like authority that can properly advise you on what to do, and then something in between. So that yeah, so that I, it works. I think it's 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 connecting all the dots. Yeah. It's really um, trusting your gut. Yeah, it's really saying uh, asking yourself these questions: Should I be taking twelve different medicines right now? Um, or would there be another route? Um, is this doctor really uh, trying to quickly get me off his list so he can see the next patient? Or oh, is this the right doctor that said, let's take a step back, let's let's really investigate, let's see what's best for you, not what I heard you that other doctor yeah. said. You know, all of that. And then also understanding, you know, how all of this, um, and then going back to the insurance, the education that you can get, for example, from an advisor that can put all of this into perspective. Because it always goes back to, oh, I don't like my insurance. It did not approve this. But why? Yeah. Have you asked that? And then once you start having that why in in the whole process of insurance experience, which is going to the doctor, you know, selecting, buying the provider uh, yourself, then ah, it starts making a little bit more sense, and then we'll we'll start making some headway and and evolving the whole topic yeah. as as a whole because it's not just one party or the other. It's got to be everyone's need to need needs to be involved for sure. Yeah, and and I I found a very nice chiropractor here in in Dubai who really helped me solve uh, you know back pain issue that I had for a while. And you know when we're lying down, he's like talking to me, and I'm talking with him. And one of the things that I told him, I'm said, I always need to pay quite a lot out of my own pocket, although I have an excellent insurance. And I was a little bit surprised about that. I told him, he said, yes, he said because insurance. Um, he said because some players in the medical insurance field don't like us. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, if you have a back pain, what do you normally take? I said. Uh, your painkiller he said exactly you have pain and it doesn't get resolved so you go to to to, to continuously have painkillers and that is good for a certain industry but if i get rid of it you don't that's have the to. end of yeah, it yeah exactly so he said that's why certain players in the field don't like us because we can solve issues and then you know you will not be a customer anymore to other people i said Oh, that's 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 not nice, you know. He said, "Yeah, but that's just the way it works." So that's why we are not covered in most packages, and, and if we are covered, we only a percentage covered. Um, also, because um, nowadays is becoming a really popular thing to go the alternative route. Yeah. Right. Um, I want to have Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, acupuncture, <laughs> chiropractic, all of these extras, right? Yeah. That perhaps uh, with a different approach. Have a different result, mm-hmm. perhaps better. Who knows? But um, with that, um, 
there is two ways of thinking about it. So one is, oh, this is not um, medically recognized, for example. These are alternative therapies. Therefore, as a medical insurance facilitator, we cannot endorse these. So we will just give you a small benefit uh, towards it. Um, just because why not? It's a popular thing, so we'll give you a small benefit towards that. Um, and then the other thing is because um, if we were to have unlimited of these benefits, just like any other medical, it would be such a secure claim because everyone would prefer to go that route. Mm -hmm. So then the utilization will be significantly higher, um, and then it throws off the balance because the insurance is designed and the premiums all this based on standard medicine practice, right? Yeah. And now if we have these alternative medicines, then the, the insurance need to be redesigned and, and rethought like completely. Mm, how do we do this if this is what we're paying for, right? So yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, although alternative medicine and benefits are really popular right now, super popular. That's what I use the most on my insurance actually. Mm. Um, but once again, it really depends on who you are and what what fits your needs and you know what what works best for you. And hence, having an advisor that can really peel all the layers on all of these policies in the small print <coughs> and say, well, you're active. This uh, fits with your lifestyle and mindset. Do we have enough Cairo included in your benefits? Yeah. And how do we change that? Is it flexible? Can we add or remove? Yeah. So so I also want to talk about corporate packaging of yeah. medical insurances. Uh, so, so corporate companies select uh, or companies select packages for the employees. Um, and uh, yeah, and that, that is, of course, that's nice because they pay for it, right? Uh, but then I heard quite a disturbing story is that when you, when you go on your own, you're new to the medical insurance company. Well, but there's a way about it. Um, but then, Can once again- Can you explain that first? Like, yes. how does that work from the view of the medical insurance right. company that you're coming in new, even though you have maybe been 20 right. or 25 years insured by your company? Right. Um, so they look, they look at you as a new life, right? So we have a group that we can assess and analyze the risk and determine what would be the cost for this. And this is what we're planning for and preparing for. Right now, when this one person leaves, it doesn't really. Imp if one or two people leave one group scheme, it doesn't really impact the group, right? Um, so this person is automatically viewed as a brand new life that needs a brand new policy. Now there is a way of going about this, and this depends on um, how educated the members, like the employees, are. Um, I think a very, very good question for uh, when you're being offered a new job and you talk about your insurance policy, it's my does my insurance policy have continuation of terms? Meaning the day I leave this company, if I choose to continue with the same level of cover, can I carry on with a personal policy? That is always a possibility. It's just that a company that's trying to set up a group policy, it's not concerned about this. They don't go over it. No one really asks for it. We don't care, so let's just carry on. And it's a simple thing um, to, to make that switch in for a group policy, right? To make sure that that clause is included and therefore you're able to just have a continuation of terms and just extend that cover for yourself as an individual. Yeah, It's as simple as that. 
But anytime you leave a policy, a group policy, you are viewed as a brand new individual, no matter how long you've been um, with this insurance company. And in some cases, this is when an advisor, once again, could really navigate this whole process and say, what can we do? You were insured with this mem- with this uh, insurance company for five years. This um, your employer had the same policy for five years with the same insurance company. Therefore, how do we present a business case where we can justify an exception? And when it comes to group policies, we do have a lot of leverage and there's a lot more creativity in order for us to say, um, okay, what can we do here? Can we, uh, like I said, exceptions? And in some cases it works. Um, But other than that, uh, I have so many older professionals that say, you know, I've served my time and it's time for me to start my own company. Yes. I am, I don't know, 55, 65, 75, whatever the age is. Um, and then it's the first time in their life well, or for a long time that they have to look at insurance premiums and they're like, wait, what? I have to pay how much? Uh, okay. And they never realized, uh, first of all, what the company paid mm-hmm. for them uh, because it's something that was paid for. Therefore, yeah. they didn't really think about it. Is it good enough? Yeah. The hospitals that I need are covered. Yes. Aside from that, no one really digs too deep into what the policy covers. Um, And then it's this shock because at a certain age, we start accumulating little bits and bobs. You know, I had a shoulder surgery a couple years ago, or I have uh, my knee, my back, I don't know, blood pressure, whatever it is. And we start accumulating all of these conditions. And now every time we move from a group policy to an individual policy or family, um, each condition is reviewed separately and there's a loading, an extra premium attached to each condition. So then not only we have this high premium to begin with that was not expected um, due to age or whatever it is, uh, first of all, in this case, for example, plus every single add-on for every single condition, right? Um, and it's a surprise. It's not something that uh, is discussed. And also... Um, not only leaving a group policy, but when you're starting a company and you're super excited, I'm a solopreneur. Finally, I'm going to start hiring people. What am I going to do? Um, and we know it's uh, a requirement to cover your uh, employees for insurance. Okay, insurance. Fine, let's do that. And then you re- don't realize that their medical history really has an impact on the well-being of your company. You know, uh, are you going to have to pay a gigantic sum to cover someone's pre-existing? Because when we are small groups uh, under 10, all pre-existing conditions will also be loaded, added on an extra premium for them to be covered. So then how are we strategic about these things? Has anyone informed you of any of this when you were thinking about this beautiful idea that's manifesting into a bigger company now Um, and the lack of information? so yeah, it, I, I mean, I can talk about insurance forever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can give no, you that's as many good. details so, as you can. So what can people do then? Because a lot of people want to either work for themselves once they leave the company or they want to stay in Dubai mm-hmm. or in the UN. Uh, that happens a lot as well. Uh, uh, so what can they do to ensure that they don't pay sky-high premiums? Um, because... You know, at the end of the day, that doesn't give them necessarily the sky high benefits. It's just that you know they're new to the insurer at that age as well. They are considered like high risk straight away. Well, um, short and sweet is there's not much anyone can do at one point. 
right? We need to understand, just like your client said at one point, yes, I know the importance of this now because I can feel it. It's present in my life. I'm more, I am more vulnerable. Um, therefore, you have to allocate for that, especially when you live out of your home country, right? So yes, we need to plan for that financially. Yeah. It, it's just, there is no other way around it. You have to be prepared to pay X, Y, Z some. Now, once we're in, in that mindset, okay, we're gonna pay for medical insurance. Which one do I go for and why? That is such a personal choice. Yeah. That is such a personal decision. Um, and only the person saying, yes, I'm gonna pay for this, I'm gonna go for this option, only them can say, this is what brings me peace of mind. And there is many variables, so you have whether it's um, which hospitals I'm visiting, which provider I'm going to be part of. And ultimately, in order for you to be in the best hands possible, you should look at a few things. And, and thinking big picture long term, now that I started my own company at an XYZ age, or I'm young and I'm just starting to, it doesn't matter. Um, first, the underwriting terms when you start the policy. What that means is... Um, if you are just a one-man show or a group of people, how are they going to determine the cost of your policy? Are they going to give you a price per person depending on their health history? Or are they just going to say, you know what, we're going to give you a fixed fee for all of your employees, no matter what their in, uh, health history is. That makes a huge impact on price. So uh, the underwriting terms is what we call it. Uh, whether it's um, full medical underwriting, let me see everyone's health history, or... Um, MHD, medical history disregarded, forget about it, we'll just cover you um, at a fixed price. The next thing, it's how you design the policy, right? Um, which benefits do you include? What are must-haves and you know, good to have? Do I want dental as a cherry on top or do I remove that? Um, then you, after you look at all your benefits and you're happy with the benefits that you have and the limits of your benefits, mm -hmm. um, then another good thing for you to be prepared for the future, it's about renewal terms. And what that means is once the, next, uh, once the year is up for this policy, because all insurance policies renew every 12 months, right? And then we need to agree, yeah, I like it, let's keep going, or mm, this is not working out for me, let's look for alternatives. So at renewal, then you have the same uh, line of thinking. Uh, is the insurance provider going to give me a price based on their portfolio performance as a whole and one rate for everyone under their um, care, like under their portfolio, X percent for everyone, whether you had cancer, whether you didn't use it, whether you used it a lot or a little, doesn't matter. Or will the insurance provider look at my usage personally, which is experience-based uh, rates? So one would be community, the entire portfolio, the community that you know is insured under XYZ insurance provider. Everyone gets this percent for the next year. Straightforward. You can plan for that. The advisor can tell you this insurance company has an average of increase 10%. And the average increase is between 10 to 15%. That is not alarming. And that includes medical inflation. That includes all these other um, kind of factors to decide what would be um, the increase per year. But at least you can plan. You know that every year you have to put an extra 10 to 15% aside for your medical insurance. But there are providers that say, um, actually, we're gonna take a look at your uh, usage. If you had a car accident, if you're hospitalized, you needed you know, therapy as afterwards and all of that, then we're gonna charge you accordingly. And then what happens is that you go from uh, paying X amount to tripling the amount. 
what do you do then? Now you have this pre-existing and how do you carry that through to another company? So understanding how you're setting up the terms, how you're designing the policy mm -hmm. and what the renewal will be like can really give you a, a, a way to plan um, financially and be prepared for what's to come because there are certain things that are inevitable. Yeah. It will go up every year. It's inevitable. It's just the way it is. Exactly. And and I, I would say it's it's reasonable as well, like to make a certain calculation. Like, let's say, assume you're, you're 60 plus, let's say me and my wife will be 60 plus at one point, And I say, I have a budget of between 20 to $40,000 a year for, for medical insurance, good medical insurance. And then people will say, oh, that's a lot, a lot. Yeah, but if I don't properly do that, then let's say if something happens, a big lump sum, a quarter million, half a million, or even more, needs to go into taking care of, of somebody's health. Well, if I invest that money, I make much more mo money with that money. Um, so that can cover, again, the medical expenses. Depend this is what I yeah. said. It's entirely up to you. What gives you peace of mind? Yeah. What works for you? Yeah. Um, because there is a million ways to get to Rome, right? So, yeah. And having this open and honest conversations with uh, with your clients and your advisors for a company, like you have no idea how much of a difference a good advisor can impact a startup. I actually worked with startups for a long time and I really enjoyed seeing how I could truly create a positive impact, a positive ripple effect on their business just by advising on medical insurance. Um, because at one point, what seemed daunting and too much info for a small company, when they doubled the amount of employees and we were at a good place to start making decisions, have leveraged this, that, they real ah, that's why. And they start yeah. connecting all these dots. And then you see these companies not have to worry about such an important topic because it's definitely a USP for, for employees. It's something that really keeps your employees happy. But although most companies don't look at it that way, yeah. most companies see it as a requirement. Whatever it is, just do it. Um, okay, yeah, next we have to do it. That's it. But it could really be a USP. And then it could really be something that can truly help your company grow. Because uh, say, for example, you're planning for when you're, you and your wife are 60, yeah. right? But then what happens when this company that is just starting, um, three to five years old, has a bad year? And in the insurance is a double whammy. Oh, and now you have to pay this much. How do they get out of that? You know, how do they overcome that? So when you're able to plan and you have all this information, uh, it could really make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and also about the companies making a difference, what package you take. I was once speaking with, uh, uh, with the manager or director of an international company and he said um, he took his advisor, uh, <coughs> gave him medical insurance for his company and he said, take this one, and he just took it, and he said it was very cheap, uh, it was a new play in the market, and I said, did you ask, ask him to get a cheap policy? He's like, no, we, you know, we, we can't afford better, but, we, but his Why mistake not? was that he just took it, and then uh, he said two of his employees uh, were, were denied treatment as pre-existing, and he said they really struggled, and they needed proper treatment, and getting them on the next plan as well was extremely difficult but then they got like a better broker the second time and they fixed a lot of problems but he said it really made an impact on his team because they felt like you know in the end he was responsible and he he took the wrong decision by going for a cheap product that also ended up you know giving cheap solutions one good tip for companies is one direct factor that impacts employee satisfaction 
Uh, so when you're designing a policy for your group, um, one thing that is, I would call it low-hanging fruit, that can really impact uh, the satisfaction of your employees, it's where can they use the insurance? Mm -hmm. And although this also impacts price, um, but it's something that uh, employees feel well taken care of when I can just know that I go here two blocks from my house and I have a facility that I can go to because that's where I like going, it's close, it's convenient, and it's all of that. Um, instead of having to drive all the way to the other side of town, make a line, whatever it is, if I am ill, that's the last thing I wanna do, right? So the network is a really good thing that sometimes you can compensate. Um, what if we remove these alternative benefits? The benefits are not too big, they're just cherries on top. What if we remove dental, for example, which yeah. can impact um, premium a lot, but we focus on what employers, I mean, employees are going to feel like, oh, this is good. This is good. I, I like it. I am taking care of this uh, facilities around my, uh, my house, right? So it, network, is, it's a good one to think about always when you're trying to design, design a policy because it can have a huge positive effect. And what do you think is the direction of this industry? What do you think is the outlook for the coming five to 10 years? <laughs> Uh, well, the market is shrinking significantly. So the players, um, the options available are so little in comparison to what it was a while ago. Um, so a lot of merging of insurance providers, a lot of um, from international providers coming together, local providers coming together. Um, so the products are going to look a little bit different. Um, and in some ways we could hope for uh, a positive impact on that. If we only have five players and these five players are catering to the market, we can push and, and pull and, and press you know, buttons in order for us to get something that is more beneficial as a whole for the big picture. Mm -hmm. um, so, but that's, that's just speculation. I hope that's the case. Um, new, market, uh, new players come into the market all the time. Would that be the case? Hmm, I'm not sure. Um, the other thing is uh, regulations. That's a very interesting one, and I think that is going to shape the landscape significantly because um, I think it's been rolled out from employers having this um, need, no, is mandate to insure their employers, to insure their employees, mandatory for you to offer it, um, and then regulation towards the insurance providers. This is what you can and cannot do and why. And then the next and last layer would be the medical facilities. And once they're being looked at, you know, under the microscope, why are you doing this and that? And, you know, responding to all these questions that no one has an answer to yet, um, that's going to really close the loop and create a healthy ecosystem, I believe. Um, and there is talks that there, as of right now, there is a DHA, for example, in Dubai, Dubai Health Authority portal, where all the information is circulated through this portal in order for us to for them to collect enough data to make educated decision in terms of legislation, right? What do we um, uh, add or remove to these mandates? And uh, I think through that, there will be some type of um, regulatory portion towards the medical facilities. And like we were saying, they do have such an impact on how the insurance is designed and priced. So if they're hold accountable, um, then I think uh, we will see some positive changes, but yet to see. <laughs> well, at least there will be exciting times ahead. <laughs> I hope so. 
So this was the end of our podcast together, Kelly. Um, I had the pleasure to host Kelly Montoya, who is the medical and, and general insurance director at Seven Insurance Brokers. Kelly, thank you so much for coming. My pleasure. I can't believe it went by so quickly. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Okay, this was it again. My name is Simon Snowder, and see you next time. Goodbye.